Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I have none less than Chris Reed himself. Chris, how are you? Awesome, buddy. Excellent. Chris, it might be totally unbelievable, but it is not the entire world that yet knows about you. So would you mind giving everyone a little bit of an idea of who you are and how some things you do and so on? Man, man your listeners living under a rock. They never heard of the coolest guy in SEO. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so quick, quick history of me. Uh, I'm a software engineer by trade. I uh, worked in finance for many years. Uh, lived in London and made shitloads of money until the 2008 global financial crisis came and took my job away. Uh, thankfully, I had a big sack of gold that funded me for the next couple of years while I backpacked around the world and tried to work out what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And then being a computer geek, I built an online game just out of a bit of fun. And I thought, well, how the hell do you get people to a website? And that's when I started learning about SEO. And then I discovered the revelation of backlinks. And man, back then you could literally rank a website just by adding backlinks. And that's what I did. And I went, man, this shit is awesome. I quickly ditched the game. I built the system to organize backlinks and take orders. And then I went out and you know, found as many SEO companies as I could to, to sell backlinks to. And that was our business for many, many years, uh, selling backlinks to SEO companies. Uh, then we you know, decided to sell more services like content and analysis and uh, the whole works. And then we thought, well, we're doing everything now. Why don't we have our own customers? And so over the last few years, we've really focused more rather than just doing outsourcing, which we still do quite a lot of, but uh, you know, re- really looking after our own customers as well, which I actually find a lot more rewarding. So that's me in a nutshell. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, Chris, just to start out straight in the management world of things, what, what is your management philosophy? Or how do you think about management when you think about your team in general? Yeah, I mean, management is certainly tricky. It's like finding the right people is, is something that I've been trying to learn for many years. Uh, we go through not always the best people to, to get. I mean, we've got some fabulous people on the team, but it, we go through some duds to get them. Uh, my management philosophy, uh, it, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the best at doing repeatable tasks like the same thing every day and checking on reports and checking on people. I kind of have attention deficit disorder. So it's like if I want to get something done, i got to do it fast. I just stay focused and I get it done or otherwise I'm going to forget what the hell it was tomorrow and be on to the next thing. So, you know, I try and find people that are consistent and can like uh, take away from me the bits that I'm not good at and you know the weaknesses of the business and plug them into those holes so that you know I can really focus on doing the parts that I enjoy and enjoy my life so I guess that's it excellent and what what do you actually enjoy the most about managing people like what, what do you find the best thing about having a team and so on uh, it's really nice to see people develop and grow. Like we have a new uh, sales girl who's friggin' amazing. Like she has only been with us for a couple months and like, she's really 
picked up everything that I have taught her and I see her training other people. And, you know, I see the, the words that she says, I'm like, man, that could come out of my mouth. Like she's just picked it up so well and becoming a leader, like really rapidly. And, you know, obviously she's a talented girl, but, you know, like it's really great to like empower her with, with my knowledge and, you know, shit that took me years to like kind of learn from trial and error and falling on my face. And to see in her, like, you know, within months, like, just pick it up and run with it. Uh, yep. I mean, like, that's, that's one part. The, the thing that I kind of, I probably struggle with, with management, I wouldn't like to say that I'm some sort of managing hero, is, like, the difference between uh, delegation and abdication. Uh, I, can, I can probably fall into that trap a little bit too easy, and it's a bit hard for me to... To, to work out where that line blends. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, and yeah, I, I think you're not the only one struggling with that, right? I mean, it, particularly when you start having great people around, it can easily for them feel like, you know, they're doing all the work and you're just not there. And obviously that's not necessarily the best feeling. So, so getting to that sort of good middle ground is definitely a... But Definitely even pe- people feeling that they can ask for help and seeing if they're overwhelmed, like it, a lot of times people don't ask for help and yeah. it's, 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 it's tough to know, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, um, Chris, like you've been through a few things. I know we've known each other for a few years, so you, you've definitely been through your challenges. What's, what's sort of the biggest management challenge you've been through and, and have overcome, and, and how did you go about doing that? Uh, so one of the greatest things that we've done just this year is hire a dedicated HR person. And, man, I wish I had done that years ago. Like, she's great at helping me define exactly what we want because like often we have you know several different holes and I'm kind of looking for someone that uh, is multifaceted that can wear multiple hats where she's really good at helping me define okay this is the actual role of what we need right now good at getting in a ton of CDs and then vetting them and like giving them tests so like well before a manager or myself ever talks to someone They've been through an interview and been through some tests, had their, uh, you know, their, their references checked so that we don't have to waste time on BS. Uh, that's, that's certainly a, a great tip that I'd, <laughs> I'd encourage anyone to do if you've got the uh, facilities. Yep. That's, uh, I have one of those. I have two of those as well, actually. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, that is life-changing, no doubt. Oh, she just walked in. Thankfully, she didn't hear me talk about it like that. <laughs> Excellent. So um, next question, Chris, how do you identify tomorrow's leaders? So when you have a team full of people, like what, what do you look for and how do you kind of identify who's to, who's the right people to step up in your team? Because one of the key challenges, a lot of my, my clients and a lot of people I talk with is they, they, they kind of struggle to figure out who, who do they promote, who they put in position of power. Yeah. I, I really just see people that, take on responsibility you know like we've got a quite a lot of staff and quite a lot of contractors that work with us as well and every now and then someone will catch my eye because they they do something well you know uh, I mean I'm not usually involved with our content writers but just recently you know one content writer did something that I saw was really good and 
you know, I, I just had a call with her just before this call and gave her a special assignment because she seems quite talented and eager to take on more. So it's really just kind of putting out tests there and seeing who's eager to pick them up. If, if, if you don't want to take on something, then you're not someone that we want to promote, you know? <laughs> yep, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, like when, when you have managers, particularly new managers, but also the more experienced one, like what, what do you do generally to get them to perform well as people managers? Yeah, so that's, that's one thing that I, I learned from you is about having weekly calls with people and even expressing how important that is. Like even I had lunch with our SEO team lead and we were talking about the SEO team and he's like, well, yeah, why do I have to have weekly calls? Because I'm chatting to all of them all day long, every day. I said, yeah, but you know, you're, you're not getting, you're talking about work, right? You're not talking about, you're talking about specific tasks. You're not talking about their life and what's going on with their life and how they're coping with these skills and what other things they want to do. Like, you know, this is words out of your mouth, but it's like, you know, if someone's going through a divorce, they're not going to tell you that unless you're friends with them. And so you really need to like be speaking with people regularly to see what's going on in their life. And yeah, like, I think that's really kind of underappreciated and all managers should really be doing it. Yeah. That I could not agree more with. So that makes sense. What about my, one of my favorite topics, which is delegation? How, how do you feel? I mean, you mentioned sort of delegations, less application already, but what, what's generally your process and, and any particular tips around how to approach delegation? Oh, I mean, like project management, I, I live out of my inbox, which is not a good place to be. I, I just, I, I'm usually spinning too many plates at one point in time. So having good people that are better project managers than me is, is one of my goals. And, you know, when I can see the tasks progressing uh, without me, that's when I feel safe and that they, they give me feedback all the time. But, you know, what you're trying to paint rather than is the procedure of how to do it, paint like what success looks like, yeah. you know, I, I spend a lot of time on sales because that's the bit that I really enjoy. And so what I'm trying to get out of the customer is what success looks like because I want to provide that result for them because it doesn't matter. Like you can get all the search engine rankings you want, but if that doesn't make them happy, then they're not going to be a customer where like if they go, I need to hit this revenue target. Great. Then that's what we focus on. And so that's what I want to also try and relay back to our, our staff is this what success looks like and that's even one mindset that I try and push into staff is like I when I speak to our customers I make them feel good about spending money with us so like it doesn't matter how much they're spending as long as they feel happy that they got good value from that like different people equate value to a different measure so I want to make sure that if they spent a dollar with us, they feel that they got $10 worth of value and then they're super happy to spend another dollar. And I try and get our staff to understand that too. You know, we pay your salaries. If you make me feel good about paying your salary, I'll, I'll give you another one. You know, like that's the kind of, the kind of right mindset. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think like a lot of the guys we work with, like, 
my, my clients, like I have a lot of clients in the e-commerce industry, SEO, et cetera. And I, I think a lot of the time, I, I totally agree with that approach, right? Because a lot of people, they focus on like how many products or, you know, what's the rankings or what's the traffic. And, and, and the thing is, at the end of the day, most people don't care. They care about sales or the money they make, but all the other stuff is kind of arbitrary sort of metrics for them, right? So, so really painting that visual picture of what is success, that makes a, a ton of sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like on the client side of things, because that's where our focus is. Sometimes you do need to control them. Of like, they want to even focus on this other thing. Like, we have a client at the moment that's been bitching about content and like wants to focus on all this content stuff. And it's like, who gives a crap for right now? If no one's going to see the content, like, get your, get people to your site and then focus on that stuff. Like, you know, you got to keep them centered on the most important thing. And it's the same with st- staff too. Although you have more control over those people. Correct. Correct. So what, one of my favorite questions is also sort of asking people themselves about what they find unique about their management style, because I think it's, it's very important to sort of know yourself and so on. And, and obviously, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs around the world. So what, what in particular do you find unique about the way you ha- handle your team and you manage your team? Yeah, and this is something that I'm certainly getting better at. I mean, I've been at this for quite a long time and learned through too many painful experiences. But uh, like visual or writing out exactly what you want. Like I've got a business coach as well and she helps me like define our company values and our company goals. And like really writing out what your company values are is really important and getting that into people like you know, we, we work with people of lots of different nationalities. And so there are different kind of mindsets of what good is. And so you need to make sure that everyone understands what your standard is. But we also want to, like, Ardor, our brand, I want, like, Ardor in itself needs to do something with a fiery passion. And, you know, they're, they're the sort of customers that we like to work with, people that are passionate about their brand and people that are passionate about what they do. And that's the same for our staff. We want people that, you know, get to work early because they're excited about that day and the day just flies by because they love doing what they do. They just can't wait to add more value to our customers and are passionate about it and have ardor for everything that they do. And uh, I mean, that's the sort of people that we're looking for for our team. And when you find that right kind of connection, then there's not a lot of management that is needed. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's, I mean, for me, particularly with the management coaching, I mean, w- one of the key things that I've always focused on is, is again, making sure people are happy, right? Like, I, I I don't think so far that I've had any clients sort of walk away having paid me money and being unhappy with it, right? And, and I think for me, at least, that's sort of a fundamental, right? Because when, when you're delivering whatever it's a product or service, like, you, you're obviously wanting to provide value to people and 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 if you do that in a sensible way and and people rave about you right like like i can see that every single time like it's very obvious on social media right whenever you know whenever there's posts coming up and i have like 20 different people mention my name like it's obviously a it's obviously a a very clear message that that what i'm doing makes a difference to people and they're willing to actually stand up for it so and and i guess that's exactly what you're saying with Ardor as well right like that that it's really that's what you want in customers you want them to to rave about your brand like that so yeah yeah and you, well you want that in your customers and you want that in in your in your staff as well and you know one thing that i've found hiring kind of cheaper or junior staff 
is it's rather a false economy. You know, like when we had more junior Filipinos, like we would, I would try and say that, you know, it's like, I want you to be happy at work because the, more, the happier you are, the more efficient you are and the better results that you get for our customers. And they didn't really seem to get that. You know, it's just a job for them and they just want to do the minimum and, you know, pick up their paycheck and move and go home. Where like someone that's really passionate about their job, they want to like just keep providing great value and learning more and, and moving forward. And it's just makes, makes it less for you to do. And there's another saying, you know, like one, one great person does, you know, the work of three good people and they don't cost three times as much. So like if you get better people, sure, they might cost a bit more than someone, but they provide so much more value that it saves your time and it's just way better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and I think like fundamentally the way I look at it, it's not necessarily if they're new or if they're not paid as much. I think you can, you can probably find great people at every level, but, but the key thing is exactly being able to pick up and find those really, really talented people, right? Because like, again, like I've found them at, at every level, at every side of, of companies and, and so on, right? So I think the, the fundamental is really learning to have a, a really good recruitment process where you identify those people and, and, and really bring, bring top, top talent into your business consistently, right? Yeah, well, I mean, like th- there's a great book, The E-Myth, and you know they talk about having you know such tight procedures that you can get the most junior staff for any p- position like McDonald's. You know they can get a kid off the street and, and make him a fry cook, and you know that's fantastic if you have like you know the McDonald's framework. You know, we're we're not there yet, so it, it's much better to have A players. You know it'd be great to be able to do it with D players, but it's you know we don't have the, those tight procedures, so we want the best in it. Yep. Totally, totally get that. So, um, I, I guess next, I mean, one of the key things again is we, we're not all perfect, far from. Uh, so, what's one of the key things that you're really working on right now within your organization or within your business to, to change or improve? I'm really looking at uh, having much tighter procedures. Um, going through Mike McCallowitz's book, Clockwork, to uh, make myself not stuck in the middle of stuff so that things can work without me. You know, like, uh, you know, the, our payroll process now, like I'm not involved in that at all. You know, like it gets, it, there's checks and balances in there so that there are different people looking at to make sure that the accounts are all right. And, but you know, I don't have to be involved. And so like, I'm really trying to find, you know, every bit of the job that I do to make sure that someone else can do it so that I can go on a four week vacation and, and, <laughs> the company keeps growing smoothly. Yep, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Lots of good, uh, lots of good info here, Chris. Any sort of tips, tricks, awesome books, or something that you want to share here in the end? I'm, I'm, I'm certainly a big fan of Mike McCallowitz. Uh, I was just on his podcast this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, his two two books, Clockwork and Profit First, are fabulous. Yep. Uh, Clockwork for like business processes, which are really great. But profit first, um, certainly for accounting dummies like myself, like, you know, it, it just makes it so much easier if you do all your accounts with, you just take the profit off and then here's what's left over. Like, it just makes it so much easier. Uh, Emith as well is a fabulous book. Um, yeah, like a- anything on business processes, like 
you know, there's a lot more to running an SEO company than SEO. Like what I see is us is really a service-based company. SEO happens to be the service we provide, but it doesn't really matter. Like I know enough about it that I can talk and sound intelligent to a layman. But you know, like our SEO team runs circles around me. Like you know, if I actually had to go and implement anything, they'd they'd just laugh me off the out of the door. So like, it's not particularly the service that matters. It's learning how to do those processes, and that's that's the challenge that most people, when they start a business, I think, brutally learn that you know it's not about the actual thing you sell. Business is a whole different game in itself. 100% and I think like a lot of people are falling into the trap like not just as you but any kind of business of getting everything perfect and, and they spend so much time on small tiny details that makes very very little difference right whereas successful businesses really understanding what moves the needle and, and put the focus on your time and effort in that yeah. point. And, and actually there's a, a, a good analogy that I've heard before and it's very true is like you, as an entrepreneur, you're used to like throwing so much shit at the wall to see what sticks. But even sometimes when something sticks, you don't do it again. Like, uh, you know, we've done uh, lumpy mail before where we sent out physical mail, especially when we're selling backlinks. And, you know, we sent out some letter campaigns that brought us in customers that spent you know, 100 grand a year. And it's like, you, you bring in a couple of those and they've been doing it for years. So like just two of those customers, five years, that's a million dollars. And it's like, we did letter campaigns twice. It's like, why weren't we doing it every month? You know, like, <laughs> it's just, you like, you find something successful and you move on. Like, it, it's, it's quite silly. So you really meant to find what you're good at and just do it a lot and not get sidetracked. And, and it, it really happens a lot in marketing. Like, I see that specific scenario consistently. Like, people try something on Facebook and they're like, oh, well, that worked and I got a little bit, but maybe it works even better over here. So they throw their time after things, right? And what I always tell people is whenever you find a process that works and give you a good ROI, right? Yep. Put it into a great framework, make sure they keep executing before you test out the next uh, wonder drug, right? Because there is a lot of stuff that works, but every time you find stuff that works, you really want to put it into a framework and you want it to keep going. Because for one, stuff might not work forever. So if you leave something for a year and try and go back to it, it might not actually work anymore. Facebook ads being a good, a good example of that uh, for, for a lot of clients, right? But, uh, but generally just from marketing standpoint, particularly like when you're testing out new lead methods and stuff, really document it and get it done. If you don't have the time, get other people to do it. Yeah. When people have a small business, right? What often happens is, they get in on board three new clients and they're like, oh, I'm so busy onboarding. I don't have time to lead generation. And and it's such a shame because then when they are onboarded new clients, there's suddenly no leads left because they just dropped it, right? So, so getting consistent processes around lead generation, even when you feel you don't need it, is is absolutely key to growing a business of any size, right? Uh, that's the, the lifeblood of a business. I, I love the saying, revenue cures all problems. And... You know, and all the business mistakes that I've made over the years, it's great that I can generate more customers to like solve those issues. Yeah, definitely. Nice little get out of jail free card. It definitely is. It definitely is. So, 
Right, Chris, that was a lot of amazing information. So uh, just before we finish here, uh, number one, um, how does people get hold of you? And number two, I know you love giving a sort of free SEO audits away to people. So uh, would you mind sharing? For, for sure, Mads. In fact, that is one of my favorite things to do is uh, I do little video reviews of people's websites. So if you'd like to check us out, go to ardorseo.com slash Mads. Uh, it'll be in the show notes, I believe. And just put in your details there and I'll make a video for you. I'll look at your website, uh, show you some potential that you have, some easy things that you can fix yourself. Like usually there's some, always some low hanging fruit. You know, you, you change a few title tags here, grab some internal links there and boom, you know, you double your traffic. It's, there's usually always some easy things like that. So yeah, if you go to hardwareseo.com slash mad, so I'll, I'll, I'll make a little video for you and show you how you can uh, increase your revenue. Excellent. And if they want to get in touch with you, how, uh, how do you do yeah. that the best? Yeah, you can just Google the coolest guy in SEO and I'm sure you'll see plenty of my pretty face and just uh, click on any link you want and say hi. Excellent. Thank you very much for being on this episode, Chris. It was a pleasure to have you here. Cheers, Mads. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.